So when I first arrived here in DC to start seminary, uh, one of the first concepts I can remember learning about was the idea of beloved community. It's one of those things Wesley really loves to teach about. Um, at least they did when I was there. Uh, because Wesley, they see seminary education as more than just books and professors. It's, yes, an academic program, but it's more than that. Their primary purpose is to educate and prepare leaders of and for the church. They wanted us to leave with not only the classroom learnings, but also with an understanding of living the context of Christian community. They see the seminary as a way to practice this idea that Christianity is more than a series of teachings and doctrines, but is a way of life. And when we leave the walls of the seminary, we are then going out to share that with others, as we have done since the beginning of the church. In the early days after the resurrection, proclaiming that Christ is alive, and that has changed our world by first starting to change our lives and the ways in which we exist in the world. It is the second Sunday of Easter, and that means we are uh, continuing our Easter celebration. Easter isn't just one Sunday, but lasts for a whole 50 days called Eastertide, where we celebrate resurrection in the empty tomb, and it's, it's Easter lilies. It's why we are trying hard to keep the lilies up here alive for just a couple more weeks, um, which if any of you have talked to me about plants, you know I have a, a real bad black thumb that just kills plants. I don't know why. Um, but it's why we are continuing to celebrate and talk about resurrection, talk about that Jesus is alive, that Jesus is among us. But it's also the time where we start looking at the beginning of Acts, the book where uh, we learn about what the early apostles did just after Jesus left and ascended into heaven, just after they had received the mantle of responsibility from Jesus the ministry that Jesus had passed on to them and then commanded them to go out to all the nations sharing the good news of Christ who is risen and lives now and forevermore, calling them to go out and proclaim the forgiveness of sins and to welcome all into new life. And Jesus in resurrection calls us to live in new life as well, to be born again, to begin to live life new, to be as Christ uh, to be as Christ, dying to our old selves and born into the new life of Christ. It's what we saw this past week at uh, Wednesday during the uh, interface service when we saw the sacrament of baptism. Baptism is this inward and outward thing that happens. So inwardly, God, the Holy Spirit, works on us and through us. And then on the outside, we have the water that washes away our sins. And as we emerge from the waters of baptism, we are born anew. We have new eyes to see the world, not in the old ways, but through the eyes of Christ. And it's not an instantaneous change, but it's one that happens over time. It's what many of us in the Methodist faith would call the journey towards perfection. It's something that... Um, well, frankly, it takes some practice to get right. And what better way to do that than in community, in beloved community, gathered together as the body of Christ, to journey together, to learn together, to grow together, to worship together, to serve together, to share together. 
Now, this idea of beloved community actually is a very specific concept. Um, mostly, uh, it came out of the 20th century. There was a philosopher theologian uh, named Josiah Royce who founded something called the Recon Fellowship of Reconciliation. But the person who's most known for this is Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., who was also a member of the fellowship. He popularized this, this term, and he really invested it with a deep meaning. And for Dr. King, this wasn't just some idea about, because, you know, a lot of times in church we talk about God's justice and how we believe the uh, arc of history bends towards justice. We talk about the long view and how God's working for the long term and humanity is slowly being made over and slowly we are seeing God do the work of transforming the whole world and how we believe in the end. We talk a lot about that. Well, beloved community was actually an exception to that because beloved community isn't just about what is far in the distant future that may happen after we're gone. It's about right now. It's about today and how we live our lives right now in this place, in this world. How we as a collective group of people, if enough of us get together and live into this concept of beloved community, we can get a groundswell, a critical mass, if you will, that can create change and change the world. And not a not hundred years from now, but today. If enough of us are willing to commit to living our lives in this way, to living as beloved community. Beloved community finds its, uh, is based in the ideals that we find in our scripture this evening. Um, the text says, uh, There was not a needy person among them, for as many as owned lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of what, that, of what was sold. They laid it at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to each as any had need. Beloved community is the coming together of the body of Christ. And they cared for one another. This early church, as the church was just beginning to form, this, this just after Jesus' death and resurrection and Jesus' ascension, which we haven't gotten to yet in the church calendar, but has already happened in the story, this, this thing that is beginning, this new start, this community, they cared for one another. They held all things in common. And they made sure no one went without, that all needs were met. And we can say, we can look at that and be like, okay, so that was that time, and they formed this little community, and that was great, because we live in a different world, but... Dr. King proclaimed this same message of beloved community, and he had a global vision uh, of what beloved community could be, one in which all people can share in the wealth of the earth. In the beloved community, poverty, hunger, and homelessness are not tolerated because international standards of human decency will not allow it. Racism and all forms of discrimination, bigotry, and prejudice are replaced by an all-inclusive spirit of sisterhood and brotherhood. In the beloved community, international disputes are resolved by peaceful conflict resolution and reconciliation of adversaries instead of military power. Love and trust triumph over fear and hatred. Peace with justice prevails over war and military conflict. 
Beloved community teaches us to value reconciliation over retribution and conflict. If you go through and read many of the things Dr. King wrote, this was a message that weaved through so much of what he had to talk about. So much of what he was doing 50 years ago this past Wednesday when he was shot and killed in Memphis, where he was there working for the dignity of trash collectors who deserved to have a safe place to work. They deserved to earn a decent wage. They deserved to be treated with dignity. And they deserved justice for injustice that was being perpetrated. That's what Dr. King was doing as he was assassinated in Memphis 50 years ago. It's really this radical idea. This whole church thing has always been this radical idea. Jesus was this radical who came in and, you know, he just days before his crucifixion was overturning tables. But even before that, he was doing things that upset the apple cart, if you will. I'm using a lot of little, like, sayings today. I, they're just flying out of my mouth here. Uh, Jesus was upsetting things because he wanted to show us there was a new and better way. And how else do you take and show people that there's a new and better way by upsetting the order of things today? Jesus healed the sick. He fed the hungry. He ate with sinners. Jesus loved everyone. He never met a stranger. Everybody was someone that he could minister to. Everybody was somebody who was worth, uh, worthy of his time. And everyone who came to him earnestly seeking was never turned away. Jesus, who said, when others said, send those children away, Jesus said, bring them to me. Jesus, who took every moment to disrupt everything we know, to teach us this very important lesson that it's all about love. It's about love for one another and loving God and God loving us. The core of everything Jesus did boiled down into these very somewhat simplistic sounding uh, commands, though difficult to live out. Dr. King believed that we could change the world if we lived this, if we could form this community. Today's theme is community, if you uh, hadn't picked up on that. Beloved community um, being a, a, uh, expounding on that. And so that was the sermon I was started writing earlier in the week. Uh, and uh, there's, I was going to keep going with that, because I think there's some really great things that um, Dr. King said that, that we could just spend weeks studying. Um, so many things that we could talk about what beloved community meant in his ministry and his work for justice. And then I was reminded uh, later this week of the other aspect of beloved community. There is this, this expectation that we can change things on the grand scale in beloved community. But then beloved community is also about not just those big things. It's about the little things. It's about community. It's about being there for one another. It's about surrounding one another in difficult and challenging times. Beloved community is about coming together and taking care of all of our needs. 
Yes, sometimes that's food and finances and justice, and sometimes it's something much simpler. It's coming together when life gets messy, when we're hurting, when it's complicated like it has been for many folks in our community and in the broader AU community this week. There's no way to sugarcoat the fact that Kenneth Clark was a student here, a first-year student here, who was in a terribly tragic accident that is completely senseless and there's no way of really understanding it because it doesn't make sense. This healthy person of so much promise who passed away on Friday or Thursday. And that leaves us asking these questions. Why? I've already been having some of these conversations with some of you about why, why God allows bad things to happen. And there's so many ways in which I want to answer questions and there's so many things I don't have answers to. That's probably the biggest one. Why do things like this happen? And the simplest answer is because they do. But the, the easier question for me to answer as a pastor is what do we do when this happens? We come together. We gather together like we did this afternoon. We huddle around one another and we support one another. Because beloved community is about making sure that we are there when one another is hurting, when one another is in need. Especially in times of pain and grief. And we don't gather together to fix things. I'm a fixer. I like to fix things. I like to have, if you come into my office, my, my, I have to resist the temptation to try and fix whatever it is you're sharing because that's not always my role. If you're seeking advice, that's one thing. But this kind of thing, I can't fix this. There's no fixing this. No, we don't come together to fix things. And we don't come to stop the pain and grief, but we join together to grieve together. Now, I also realize that some of you may not have ever known Kenneth. Maybe you just never crossed paths with him. Maybe you only met him um, a few times. Maybe you didn't know him that well. And even when we are not grieving, we grieve with one another. And that's beloved community. It's being there to walk beside one another, to cry together, to yell together, and even to laugh together, to have a shoulder to cry on, to have an ear to listen, a comforting voice that reminds us that the pains of today may leave scars, but we can heal. Not that we forget, but that we find a new way to continue on together. The other early churches, they were forming this new community, figuring out this new thing. They came together and they were there for one another. 
They surrounded one another. They prayed together. They worshiped together. They even lived together in some cases. They shared resources and food, and they sought justice together, and they sought after God together, and they learned and they grew together. And they didn't always get it right, just like we don't always get it right, but they were community, and they were there for one another. And there was this simple truth. I'm here for you because you need me right now. And I trust, because we are a community, that you're there for me also when I need you. That is beloved community. I had some other things written down over here, but we're going to, I think, leave it right there um, and say, uh, as we continue forward throughout these next days and weeks, um, be aware of the opportunities to be beloved community for one another. Um, I'm sure that there are those that you can name in your heads right now who you know are hurting. Some of the folks who maybe aren't here tonight that normally are. Be for, there for one another. Support one another. Care for one another. Because God has called us to be a beloved community. Amen.